Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Today we have a very, very special patriot that's running for Congress. She's wide awake and uh, there's very much importance of Congress members that we need in that is very well awakened to the evil. We have to replace the evil with God-loving people. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that are questioning patriots that are running for Congress. But one thing I look forward to and I look at is when we see General Flynn and uh, Dave, the professor that we all love, endorsed Lynn's Piper Loomis. Um, I think that's that head nod to where we know that we have a real patriot on this call. So if you got any friends, family that's in South Carolina, that's anywhere in the United States, it's very important that we get good people in for the simple fact that the yays and the nays affect us all. And right now, I would like to bring to you, Lynn's Piper Loomis, the floor is yours. Hi, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me here. It is truly an honor and just a privilege to be here with all of you. And for those that will catch this at a later time, I'm also going to share this. And listen, what you're doing here and the movement that you have um, that you've started in this channel and just the the dialogue is so powerful. And I've I've seen your group grow just in the time that I've uh, been a part of your group. So I just want to say thank you for fighting each and every one of you. We're all an equal piece uh, to the the plan of solutions. And um, I think it's important for us to remember that we were all created equal. And a lot of times I know for me personally, my experience with leaders in government have been uh, pride and arrogance and greed and the desire just to continue to climb in that. And so I just want to share just a few brief things and then just answer any questions because I feel like there's usually more questions so it'll allow more time for that. Usually you'll you'll ask the questions, things that uh, pertain to what you're interested in. Um, so I have been here in South Carolina for going, we're moving into their seventh year uh, living here. I'm a native Texan. I was born in Austin. I did not grow up there. I moved around quite a bit. I my um, just personal story, my biological father terminated his parental rights to me when I was a baby, and I gave my life to Jesus when I was four. At 12 years of age, my mother and I were in an accident, and I didn't make it, neither did she, but God saved my life and brought me back. And so I escaped trafficking at the age of 16. I was uh, taken through the foster care system. Uh, stripped of everything, all of the resources needed for me, put in rags, and I was a slave. I didn't realize that uh, trafficking happened through foster care until uh, decades later. So uh, that's a story for another day. Uh, and I just want to say that a lot of the grooming and the things that we're seeing in schools uh, with sex education, CRT, just even how our kids are programmed you know, this is, that's, that's a grooming and it's a, that's how they begin trafficking is in education. So it's very important that we are extremely involved in that. Uh, and I didn't realize 
until later, until I was talking to other overcomers, that a lot of the trafficking begins in the family. I, I just always chalked it up to what you see in the movies. I didn't understand uh, the nature of my story. And so now I share that and I tell people, you know, there's a lot of other things for people to look out for. And I say overcomer because we are not victims. We have a choice. And I always ask God um, after my accident and all the injuries sustained in coming through that, I used to, as a kid, of course, ask God, why did all this happen to me? And he said, you're asking the wrong question. He said, ask me what you want to do about it. What are you going to do with your circumstances? So I learned at a very young age that we're not defined by our circumstances, by uh, those that make choices that affect us, by money, by status, any of those things that the world tries to define us as. We were all created equal. We've been uh, endowed by the creator with unalienable rights. And so we're made in the image and the likeness of God. And so that's, I'm always, I cannot separate my faith from my freedom. That has been what has caused me to be the fighter I am today. So uh, I just share that little brief uh, story with you so you can hear that. Uh, where I really started fighting more in the government sector uh, was as a military wife. Uh, I married my husband 16 years ago. And he was active duties, uh, upper enlisted. And so got married and I knew he had already been injured and he was still active duty. But anyways, uh, there was injuries he sustained to his head. He had emergency brain surgery. Uh, they lost him on the table. They were able to bring him back. He also sustained uh, in injuries to his neck and his back, which would eventually put him in a wheelchair. And he always said that that was not his going to be his permanent position. The doctors kept telling us uh, he would eventually be in a wheelchair and that would be permanent. And I'm here to tell you today that he is walking. He's been walking now for three years. And he didn't go permanently into a wheelchair until a few years before that. So um, he didn't give up. And that's caused you know me to never like, give up. It was uh, amazing. He's, his, his resilience is amazing. But he, I, I learned after being a caregiver to him for 14 years, started when he was active duty. And uh, after brain surgery and some of these other things that we were working through, he became non-deployable. And it was during this time that Obama was in, in office. And whether or not you like him, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to tell you what his policies did to uh, my husband and other men and women that served during that time. They were going to strip him of his rank that he was about to sew on, and they were going to separate him without benefits at almost 16 years of service. Why? Because he was non-deployable because of his service injuries that he sustained in combat uh, zones. So I said, no, I'm not going to put up with that. I became a bull in a china cabinet, and I said, no. And I went to two of his commanders who stepped out of, basically out of alignment to fight. And so my husband did sew on his rank the day of his retirement. And what ended up happening was he witnessed, now he didn't actually do this himself, but he witnessed uh, other troops of his and other friends of his that were getting their ranks ripped, literally ripped off of them because of similar reasons. And I saw such a great need to fight for our military, their families, uh, our children are 18 and 14 now. 
and they um, they have been through all the surgeries. All of they helped me provide caregiving services when he was uh, still in his hospital bed, and and all of those things. And like I said, he is walking now, praise God. But the the horror and the trauma that the children suffer as well. I begin to see all of these disconnects within military active duty. But then as we transitioned out into, you know, civilian life, what did that look like? And so all of the horrors, all of the things that we, uh, all of, we felt, my husband and I, he fell through every single crack at the VA and it during that time in service. So we took our horror and we said, we're not going to let this happen to someone else. So we began to Back before it was a popular thing to put things on Facebook, I put our entire story out there in my letter to Obama, sharing the the stuff. My husband uh, was not embarrassed. He allowed me to share his all of his his story with PTSD, his uh, sleepwalking, all of the things that we dealt with, and why we slept in separate beds, and all of these things. We shared it. We're very vulnerable, and out of that. We were connected with people outside of the VA that were able to help us. And then we started, like the VA wouldn't pay for him for a wheelchair. And he had to have a special fit wheelchair. They wouldn't pay for paddles for him to be able to drive with his hands when he couldn't use his legs. And these are things that they're supposed to do. Um, Service dog, like all of these things. So we went, like I said, we were bulls. I was a bull in a china cabinet. We found ways to get things done. And I don't have, I didn't have an organization. I wasn't getting paid. It wasn't, we just started, people would call us different leaders across the nation in our state. And they'd say, well, how did you do that? And I'd say, well, this didn't work. This did work. This is who you need to talk to because as a caregiver, we kept records of everything. If, if you know anything about this, I'm sure many of you do, you keep a meticulous written record of everything because of what you go through. And so it was amazing to see how many people got the instant breakthrough that took us pure heck to get through. They didn't have to go through all the things that we did. And so that just began to branch out. And then my husband lost his job in Texas and we moved out here to South Carolina. Um, And I was working in downtown Charleston in a, uh, an office where everyone is like a common space. I was working on something. And this gentleman said, Hey, your story with the caregiver program, there's actually an organization with Senator Elizabeth Dole. I know the current South Carolina Dole fellow and you should apply for this. So I did. And I was accepted. Senator Elizabeth Dole hand selects uh, fellows every two years to represent each state, some states have more than one. And the, we're caregivers. We provide care to a, a wounded warrior. And my husband will say, um, a veteran without a, a veteran with a disability, but he's not disabled because he doesn't see, see himself like that. So anyways, I just want to kind of end this so we can do questions. So that's where I began to fight for uh, veterans and caregivers was through our own story. So that's been ongoing. We've been married 16 years and I've been fighting for 16 years. And in 2018, I was uh, put into contact with, um, I was put into contact with a international statesman and I spent a year with him 
uh, and I became uh, an international stateswoman. And I would travel to different embassies. Uh, I went to South Sudanese embassy in Kampala. And I was brought in through veterans work into different embassies, just different things happening, working with different leaders, where in some of these nations, um, the common, the way that they solve problems is by chopping each other's heads off, like different tribes. So we go in there with civility to say, hey, treat others the way that you want to be treated without compromising value of, of who the person is across from you or in our case in the nation, our constitution, right? There's a way to um, not sign on something that should is not constitutional, but we can still have civility and say, I'm not going to compromise our constitution and our Christian values, uh, but I can still treat you the way that you want to be treated. Um, it's a it's a mutual thing. So anyway, that's that's my story. Um, and I'm just being real with you because I feel like what we've lost are are people in office that are authentic and real. We're uh, people in office are not better than us. Uh, they're not below us. I mean, they might be might be wicked, but they're their place at the table is not better than us. And so I, I want to show share this with you. I don't know. Hopefully you guys can see this. Uh, a friend of mine designed this logo. It's actually looks like a crown, but it's five stars. These five stars represent, I told you I'm a person of faith, the five pillars of God's character. And I told you at the beginning that we have a government that rests on the shoulders right now of pride the desire to continue to one-up people, to greed and all of these things. We know it's wicked. And it's time that people rest on the shoulders of humility. We need humility. Humility, and this is something that General Flynn talks about. This is something that a lot of these leaders that you see out there fighting, um, it's a place of humility. And I can tell you, I've sat with leaders that are prideful and I've sat with leaders that have humility. And I know we are all on this journey of learning to uh, do better with our character. I mean, I, I would hope everybody is. I know not everybody is, but I just mean, I'm, I think if you're in this group, you're somebody that um, is, is on that journey. We're all, we all want to improve. I think when we stop, pride causes us to stunt our growth, in our character, and in growing and learning. We've always got to learn and grow. But anyways, through humility, this was the, this is the greatest form of God's nature because he laid himself down because he wanted to be in relationship with us. And so out of that um, comes a pure form of integrity. So the second pillar is integrity. The third is a sacred culture of honor. The fourth is civility, treating others the way you want to be treated. And the fifth is service. And in, I think it's John 14, 12, Jesus said, greater things than me will you do. And that is the, that is the greatest leadership statement of all time. I think a, a leader is first and always a servant, serving people. When I, I have my pastors and I go there and I, I'm with them, they're always serving other people. They're that's and I've, I've met some incredible leaders and they get up and they they serve people first before they're served. And I, I think that's important uh, for people to remember. And so I 
I think if you have children, you could understand this, but I want our children to do better than what we're doing. We want them to be greater than what we're doing. And then we want our grandchildren, which we don't have any, but we want our grandchildren and their children and their children to do it better than us. Why would we want them to not do better? So when we have leaders that are have increase in government instead of limited government and taking away our rights, they're not empowering us to be greater than them or greater than themselves, then that's that's our first sign of communism, my personal opinion. And so freedom truly looks like how God designed his character. And, you know, Jesus, when he walked in ministry, he didn't have to put out a name for himself. Yes, with a campaign, you have to put your name out there. I understand that. I'm not saying you don't. But he didn't have to worry about building a platform. He just walked on the one that was there available. And the reason why grassroots spreads like wildfire is because his entire ministry wasn't contained in the church. It's It actually spread outside the church. And it was powerful because his entire movement was grassroots. Grassroots is a component of two things, uh, connection and then relationship. And there's that's where unity takes place. So a successful grassroots movement is going to connect with people through ideas and not the same idea, but everyone is created equal, but we're all different. So we're each a solution. And then there's a relationship that builds. So initially when I meet someone, there's that connection. So I may not hop around and let's say, hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm running for Congress. I'll see you later. And then I go into the next one. I want to take that moment, even if it costs me people walking away to connect with you or whoever's in front of me, what do you need? How can I serve you? What, what is going on? Like at the Boeing thing yesterday, what do you work here? Do you have a family member? Do you need doctors? Do you need attorneys? What do you need? How can we help you? Because we know what the problems are, but we need to be applying solutions. So every single one of us is a solution. And I think without each of us infusing, I know this sounds cheesy and corny, but without each one of us infusing our purpose or our solution in this hour, corporately, we are all at a loss. And that's why this movement is so huge because we're not staying focused on the problem, we're applying solutions. And that's why this campaign is different, I believe. Uh, And you're seeing campaigns like this rise up um, across the world because this isn't a campaign for office. Yes, I am running for office. But do you know what this campaign is about? It's a We the People campaign to mobilize grassroots, partner with other grassroots, because I'm not the expert in answer for everything, right? Moms for Liberties out there. You've got uh, different audit groups in different states. You've got all these different groups that if we all just kind of link arms together, who's Whatever the specialty is, whatever it looks like, medical coalitions, uh, legal coalitions, whatever it looks like, educational coalitions, we link arms and we say, oh, this group over here is really good at this. This is what we're going to do. And so this campaign is about uh, educating people, empowering them to do better than what we're doing, finding out what's going on, what their what their problem or issue is, what's okay, now these are the solutions we have. And if we don't have a solution, we find a solution because we can't stay focused on the problem. And in doing that, it has spread like wildfire because we, the people, have the power. The president doesn't have the power. The Congress does not have the power. The power resides in the people. And we don't consent to being governed in tyranny with leaders that are committing treason. So a lot of people, I can sit here and tell you all the things that my opponent in D.C. is doing wrong. 
and there are some policy issues that are significant. But if I'm constantly sitting here telling you everything that that she's doing wrong and I'm not offering you solutions, then you don't even need to be working with me. So that's why this campaign is different. That's why I, well, General Flynn actually sent me a message back in, I think it was the 15th of February, confirming what God had said about jumping in and other locals were asking me to run. And then I had people, friends uh, across the state that said, hey, you are across the nation, you need to run. And he confirmed it. Um, when he messaged me. So um, I think we look at um, some of these leaders that they're, they're people like us. We're all people. We're all solution. And at the end of the day, I love using General Flynn's quote, local action equals national impact. And so that's what we're doing. And this campaign isn't about me. This campaign is about we the people, not just in the state, but in this nation and globally. We've gotten messages from Japan, these leaders that um, these people that are so excited. They said, your campaign is reaching us over here and is encouraging us. Please keep fighting. Don't give up. And so those messages out far outweigh the death threats, the um, all the the lies and the drama and all the you know, all the hate, it far outweighs that, just that one message. Um, we get more than one, but it, it's, it's really powerful. So um, my, my three things I'm running on, number one, the election and the securing of the borders. These two are really important. Uh, there's, there's two ways to look at this, okay? The first one, uh, we don't have an election next year, and I'm not telling you to not go out and vote. I'm telling everyone to still go out and vote. Um, but I believe it is, uh, we are working on forensic audit in the state. We have multiple leaders that are listening and we have found anomalies of like over 20,000 people voting between the ages of 90 to 121, which is impossible. And we found thousands of duplicate ballots. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff in, in that alone. And we have leaders that are listening. And so we're working with them. Uh, we'll have more information to release on that for the state level. It's South Carolina Audit Force. And America Audit Force is the over um, the umbrella over that state. And there's other states available. Um, but anyways, that's the important thing. If we don't find out how the election was stolen and who did it, I think we have massive problems. So I believe that we do need to fix what happened? We need to find out because if someone, uh, Blaze, he's the admin for South Carolina Audit Force, he described this uh, analogy. If someone, if you own a business and someone stole, I don't remember the dollar amount, I'm just going to say $50,000 from you. And let's say you have like 20 employees. Are you going to be able to trust those employees if you can't ever track where that money went? You're not going to be able to trust them, right? And you're, you're going to want to have someone to come in, investigate, and find out where that $50,000 went. I know if I had money missing like that in my business, I would want to know where it went. I would want an audit. I would spend money on an audit. We spend thousands, billions of dollars on, let's say, transgender studies uh, over in Pakistan, which I don't believe that's what it's being used for, but we're willing to do that, but we're not willing to audit. If this was um, other people from a different party, they would, um, they would jump on that quickly if they thought that it was um, stolen. So 
we need that accountability. We need to know. So I am in support of a forensic audit. And there's numerous things that you can be doing at the same time of the forensic audit. So one of the things that we're also working on with our state leaders to adopt is paper ballots. So with election, I think we don't need an election season. I think we need an election day, an election holiday, basically, and that everyone has to vote in person, except obviously for for, to me, it's obvious absentee votes for our military, but we also need to audit that system and make sure because I think we had uh, we received some uh, concerns about that. And then there are some people that are homebound. Uh, there should be accommodations for that, of course. Um, but I think it should be an election day. I think we need paper ballots. And I think that we need um, not just paper ballots, but I think we do need hand counts. And so this is the ballot. I'm just I actually have it right here, so give me a second. I'm not going to go into it too much. If you guys know Arizona Representative Mark Fincham, uh, he actually gave this to me when he visited. So this is the ballot. It's a long one. This is just a prototype. Um, but in the upper right-hand corner is a QR code. Hopefully you guys can see that. When you scan this, it immediately... Uh, uploads through blockchain to an online ledger a number identified only to you so you know that you voted then down in the bottom corner there's another two um, pieces here and this has a scanner that passes over it and it, it beeps and then this is a another type of a seal and then on top of this whole thing and I don't know if I, I do have it I'm not going to turn out the lights but you can see I think you might be able to see you see the watermark? You can see it kind of. There's a watermark. Of course, this is Arizona, but we could adopt this. This would eliminate the need, hopefully, for um, forensic audit because there's multiple check systems through it, but it would also eliminate machines. The cost of the ballots goes up, but eliminate the machines, bam. So we are working with our state leaders to adopt something similar. These are printed in America. And they are, it's a two-part printing system, the watermark and then the uh, information that goes on it. And so uh, this is something we've been talking to them about and working with them on. And so Mark Fincham and I think Cyber Ninjas developed this. There was an article on um, online about it, but and, and he told me himself. But anyway, so that's, that's it. But then the other part is securing the borders. That's almost as important if not even more because what happens we don't have our borders secured we don't have our our nation is not secure and as you can see we have millions of people crossing the border the numbers that are reported are not accurate i spent time down at the border i did an online chat today with um women fighting for america christy hutcherson i'm going to upload that to the podcast as well as rumble and get that out in my channel um, but we know that it's significantly worse. And a lot of these government leaders on both sides are aware of what's going on and they're not telling the truth. And they don't go down there. They go down there for about 30 seconds, not really, it's probably maybe 30 minutes for a photo op, but they're not really finding out what's going on. And so um, we are actually working on solutions outside of the federal government to solve what's going on. And so she talked a little bit about that today. So if you want to hear about real solutions about these things, uh, that's a place to step in. Uh, we have children, women, 
that are, uh, the children are drugged and they're raped. Their diapers and undergarments are hung on trees. They're called rape trees. We have women that are raped and their undergarments are hung up there. The children are drugged and they're tattooed. They're brace. They wear, they wear bracelets. Um, they determine where and how they will be trafficked or what they will be used for and what part of where, where they're going to be going. And so um, you can learn more about that in that process. I have done some footage of the border. I was down there for six days, uh, spent one day with um, in Phoenix with audit earlier this year and working with them on that stuff. So finding out more about what's going on there. Um, so there's footage. Gates are wide open. Uh, so those are problems, but now we have solutions. We're working on these things. And this is something we've been working on for a while. So that's her specialty. She's on the front line. She spent over 60 days on the border. So the borders are important. It is affecting us in the low country. It's affecting us in South Carolina. And then the third thing is the sanctity of our liberty and our life. So um, our liberties are being stripped and we have the ability to say, no, we will not comply. We have that right. That's what the Constitution allows us, Declaration of Independence. So um, those are the, the issues. And sanctity of liberty and life, that's government overreach. So I've been against mandates since last year. I saw in downtown Charleston where my business was located, my office, I saw um, these, I think they call them, I don't remember the, ter the term that the city uses, the city of Charleston. But they're not law. They're not licensed. They're not law enforcement officers. They're they're like enforcement officers. They they were going to businesses without a search warrant, issuing tickets to patrons, to employees, to business owners for not wearing a mask, um, which was against the law and against the constitution. Uh, and then saying you have to see us in court. They had a jury. They could jury court and none of this it's like a, a three-ring circus it's not it's a kangaroo court because these aren't licensed peace officers so i was down there with all that uh, from the very beginning i um, have said no uh, to mandates uh, showing up to school board meetings city council county council and working with people not just in this district but across the state and across the nation and so um i've met with uh, General Flynn and others, we had a meeting and continues to um, ways that we can save America and fight. So um, that's kind of where I want to, this is more of a casual, I think, time. And I don't want to take up all the time speaking because I really want to answer questions and I will stay and answer questions. But that's, that's where I'm coming from. And I'm not going to tell you that I'm better than somebody else but I will tell you, I'm the only candidate that uh, stepped up that has been here fighting in the trenches with we the people. Um, we have someone that just moved here a few months ago after losing their race up in uh, the Northeast, doesn't know the people, and it's very obvious that they're not here for, um, for the people, but for... Uh, political gain. And then we have another person that just came in recently. And so uh, I think that we need someone in that seat that is willing to fight in the trenches. We don't have city leaders 
uh, state leaders showing up to these school board meetings, showing up to the county council and city councils all the time and fighting with the, on behalf of these parents and our, our, our citizens. One of my favorite books, and then I'm, I promise I'm done. And it's not in here because I am rereading re it. It's called Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. And it takes you back through different times in history where the lesser magistrate, which would be like a sheriff or a state leader, even governors, would stand in the gap against the overreach, wherever that overreach is. So, for example, um, what's happening right now, they should have been standing up for us in the state, but it's taken months of this communist regime and what's been happening for them to finally stand up and say, oh, we need to do something about this. And I have a problem with that. I think they should have been in it from the beginning. And so we, the people, decided we weren't going to wait on them and we were going to stand in the gap and fight for our constitution and our state and our nation. So with that being said, I'm happy to take any questions. And Lynn's, uh, this is your time. This is your platform. And uh, we just appreciate a patron to come on here and be real and genuine with us. We are tired of the fakes. We're tired of the phonies. Um, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. If you're a patriot and you love God, country, freedom, and liberty, which I am starting to catch wind and notice there are some Democrats on that side that is really not um, liking of what some of these radicals are doing. Um, so I, I do believe that some of them still hold uh, the value and, and God within their hearts and their souls. But, you know, I think this is a big shake from God to wake many people up, throw waters on their face, uh, help us realize how they were taking God out of schools, government buildings, and uh, to wake up to what really was going on. And um, I just want to let you know, this is your platform. Um, we are patriots seeking information, um, seeking people like yourself that's just genuine, that's really going to go there and serve a purpose for us. But um, I'm honored that you're on here. Seriously. Well, I'm honored that you're doing this. I, I think it's um, thank you for having this and, and for doing this and opening up a chat channel where a dialogue can take place because this is what America looks like. And I think that's so important. Um, even if we don't agree on everything, I will tell you, I am running. I, I guess I didn't tell everybody this. I'm, I apologize. Uh, I'm running on a Republican nomination. But the issues we face right now, and I know this sounds like a vi video I did recently, but it's actually the speech that came from my heart. Like I wrote it um, because it's in my heart. It's, it's what, how I believe. The issues we're facing right now are not Republican issues or Democrat issues. We are facing an American crisis. This is an America first thing like the Republican nomination. I'm I'm just as fed up with the GOP as I'm sure many of you are. Um, the corruption is deep and I don't care uh, if it takes them off, takes anybody off. I don't I don't have a problem with that. Um, it's a vehicle. I realize some people live out of their car, so this is not meant in that way. But my home is not in my car, the Republican Party. My destination is America because my home is America and it's America first. And so, excuse me, a lot of people want to say we need to raise up leaders through the Republican creed. I, I've heard actually GOP leaders say that and I've stopped them and I've asked them, I said, what about the Constitution? Why are we not mentoring people up, teaching them, educating them, 
about the Constitution. Why? Because people want to retain power. And I do hear so many people, I see, I, th I think we all do, and I, there are some really great leaders at the federal level, okay? There are, there are some great leaders. So, and, and I do speak with some behind the scenes, um, but they're very few and far between. And a majority of the time you see mudslinging at both. The Republican party needs to get a reality check, get a humility check, look in the mirror and stop blaming all the problems on the Democrats because that's what keeps us in division. Uh, in our party. I mean, we're at, I mean, I don't know if, how many of you are from South Carolina, but we have a war in South Carolina in the Republican party. And I mean, there's two types of division. There's one that has chaos and unrest and lies and one that separates truth from lies. And I'm hoping that that's what this campaign represents. Um, the movement, the people that are a part of it, uh, we want truth. And I've made mistakes in my life and I'm, you know, I have no problem sharing that. Um, but I think that we've got to look at this for the Republican party to wait in months and months and months to do something about the election. That's been the problem all along. They wait or they do things the way they've always done them. We do need increased participation. We do need increased voter registration, especially in the primaries. We need to overwhelm them at the polls, um, that definitely. But we also need to figure out what happened. Um, I wanna see a decertification of the election and to see President Trump where he needs to be. That I mean, that's, I think, I think everyone here is probably a Trump supporter, President Trump supporter, and if not, uh, that's fine, but I'm just saying it like it is. He, if he really won that, he should be in that seat. And we're not crybabies. We're saying we want justice and righteousness because the moment that our votes and voices were stolen, we were handed over to a communist regime. We're not operating as a republic. Uh, it's not a democracy. It is a republic. So, um, anyways, I want to open up the floor for questions. Amen to that. Um, if anybody has a question, if you just uh, press the middle button, um, we will call upon you. So if you press the middle button, uh, we can unmute your mic. All right, there we go. Question. Go ahead, Joe. Your mic is unmuted. J-O, your mic is unmuted. If you press the middle button, it unmutes your mic. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I don't have a question, but I do have a comment. I just want to thank you for stepping up to the plate. I commend your efforts, you and your family, um, for going to bat for people in your district and across the state. And I want to thank you for the courage that you have and that you continue to pursue on behalf of not only yourself, your family, but you really care for people and it shows. Uh, thank you so much. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Donna, your mic is unmuted. 
and Jeanette, you're on deck. Um, hey, Linz. Is it Linz or Lindsay? It's actually both. Linz is the cutting. <laughs> Linz, I hear from people. That's the cutting edge. Um, my my birth name is Lindsay, but yeah, and that's how it's spelled. But yeah. Okay. Um, uh, hey, um, I am beyond impressed with what you have told us about your history, and um, I can relate in some ways, um, but haven't been through nearly what, what you have. Um, I'm a, a retired attorney. My, my husband died of cancer uh, seven and a half years ago, so I was caretaker, and um, yeah, we've all been through a lot. But and I have have some residual anger about the cancer thing is what I've learned. But I've basically been awake since last December and have learned so much about so many things in this past year. But um, the, the way you overcame the victimhood as a teenager and came through that is amazing. And then you had to go through what <clears throat> excuse me, you went through with your husband. So uh, I guess you had already at that point said, I'm not going to be a victim. So you didn't have any doubts during that period. But my, my question hasn't got to do with that. I'm going to ask you about something that <clears throat> maybe not be at the top of everybody's minds. But when it, I'm going to say when you get elected and go to Washington, do you think of it as a a temporary thing, like I'm going to help for a period of time. And basically, I'm asking about term limits and where you come down on that, because these people being career politicians is what allows them to, you know, to continue to accumulate. And whoever's paying them, we know they're getting money from somewhere, many, many of them. Um, so do you believe that there should be term limits? Yeah, I think so. I want to just I, I I want to answer your question, but I want to just step back and say I'm sorry for your loss of your husband. I can't imagine. I'm very sorry for your loss. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And uh, so the term limits was the I can't remember. I can't remember honestly how long after I announced. So please forgive me on the timeline. But it was very close after I announced probably within the first couple of months um, I signed a pledge with US term limits I think the website is um, usternlimits.org so I am supportive of term limits um, obviously we see that with uh, presidential runs uh, you can't serve more than two terms unless there's certain circumstances I understand that like uh, which we don't going to go into all that but um, their structure, if I remember correctly, was three House terms, so House of Representatives, um, two for Senate. I don't know that I would ever want to serve 12 years as, because um, that's a six-year term each. I don't know that that would be something I'd be crazy about. Um, and then, obviously, the two terms for president. My goal right now, um, I love President George Washington because he went and served, and then he came home. And that's, that's what I want to do. I told God that, because um, I've done a lot of work in the nations, different nations in ministry. 
And I know that there's still a calling um, in my life for that uh, after we save America and get things in shape. Someday I would love to uh, jump into that. So that would be my coming back home. Um, I don't have ambitions. I, I will. T this is something that is part of my story. When I was a little girl, I told everybody I wanted to be president of the United States. I told my mama and I wanted to be a, um, a cashier at McDonald's. And I think that's very interesting because cashiers are service oriented and they love to serve people. And so I think that's an important that's the one of the most important characteristics to have in character uh, for serving. Um, so I'm focused on this term, this two-year term, uh, but I've already committed to not serving more. I think the structure was like three terms for House. Um, whether or not I'll run for Senate or anything like that past then, I, I, um, if I did, I signed a pledge that I will not serve more than a certain amount. Um, I don't have ambitions to be, um, I don't know how people make money at this, uh, and that frightens me, um, to think about how they've done that. I mean, I, I, I can think of the ways it's evil, um, but I just want to go serve and come back home. And so that's why that was one of the first things that I supported and that I signed a pledge for. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And and again, the whole child trafficking thing and everything is just, I've been horrified by what I've learned. So I'm, I'm just amazed at your courage and your resilience. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Kelly, you are up and your mic is unmuted. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I love your state. I went there. Um, I met Linwood, and I had to get a puppy. And everybody's so freaking nice. And so I bring this up because a couple of things. I have a couple of questions for you. But one is on a business aspect, and I don't know if you could do much, but you guys have like a um what is that state tax income tax you know we don't have that in florida like you know what i mean i don't know if you could do much but like someone like me i'm like oh i don't want to move there i think it's a beautiful state but it's keeping people away you know uh -huh. um so how can you get people to want to come to south carolina yeah, it's interesting that you're um, talking about this. Uh, so there was a woman who ran for this seat against Nancy Mace last year. Her name is Kathy Landing. So um, I'm going to talk about this from my personal experience and tell you kind of what's going on a little bit in the state with this. Um, and then what I support on a federal level. And then there's a policy I'm working on that I really can't go into too much depth right now because we're still... Uh, we're still working on the, the meat. Um, but anyway, I have a, a business that's totally flatlined right now. There's no income and nothing is going on with it uh, because this is what I'm doing. Um, but I had an office in downtown Charleston last year. And so, of course, 
Charleston is, uh, that's Mayor Tecklenburg. Most of the city council is, even though it's it's a nonpartisan, they're Democrat, it's, it's horrific. They raised uh, taxes and then there was COVID taxes and then like there was a fines I told you about. Uh, so it made for the business, uh, especially after the King Street riots. So I'm talking about this because of personal experience. Now, my my office did not get hit by any of that because I moved into it after that. But with all the COVID restrictions and everything that happened, a lot of businesses shut down and a lot of them moved out. And the building I was in was mostly emptied out. And so then after I'd been there, I my lease, they were going to um, price gouge me, double, triple my rent. So I moved out and I moved into North Charleston. Taxes are, I mean, night and day difference. And so what I find on businesses and taxes, uh, they vary by cities. Um, when I'm thinking about the local level, uh, but Kathy Landon, coming back to that, in Mount Pleasant, the current mayor there, so their election's November 2nd, he wants to raise this impact tax, uh, which has yeah. to do with... Are you... That's crazy. I'm just, I'm just like, whoa, okay. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure. Uh, so this impact tax, so the way that Kathy Landing described this is that, let's say um, she described a Bojangles wants to come in and open up. It will cost them... 500 like thousands of dollars more than it should based on how he wants to increase that whereas if you keep those lower then long term if you look at the long term picture um this the city loses a little bit of money in the beginning but as it builds out it keeps that business there longevity and it encourages other businesses to come in because it doesn't cost them more. So that's something that she is, I, I'm praying and we're doing everything we can to promote her. So she gets an office uh, because that, that mayor is crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on a state level, um, that's, that's something that I know the state legislators are working on now on a federal level. Um, are you familiar with HR 25? Yes, a little bit. Like I, I, I'm a teacher, but I'm looking into buying a not right now the with our country the way it is. But I'm looking into buying a either a tutoring company or a daycare. Um, that's why I asked that. In in mm -hmm. South Carolina, I'm kind of a adventurous girl, and and I connect with you, your story, um, just your your soul. Your I could just you're just open and caring and. So I love South Carolina and I'm adventurous and, and I love that state, but I wouldn't, and I'll, and I'm looking at Florida, of course, cause I live in Florida, but it's an option cause it's not far away, but you know, like it, it keeps people like me away, but yeah, I've heard about HR. Yeah. So that's, you know, restructuring taxes on a national level, um, totally in a, in a massive difference. So there's a lot of things I've actually been speaking to some other uh, America first, not want to be America first candidates, but actual America first candidates of the nation about some of these things. But on a state level, those are things that they're looking at. So um, you can download, oh, my phone, I'm actually looking at it. I'm sorry. If you go to the app market, I was looking for it. If you go to the app market, you can download the South Carolina uh, state legislature app and you can look at the bills that are 
uh, that they are in committee or that are going to be passed. And they, we've got leaders working on things like that. And then if you if you're really wanting to open up a business, pay attention to the city and the county. Yeah, I'm looking at established businesses, but nothing, like I said, no, not right now. I mean, I had a business broker, but I, I just can't put my whole life savings with, with doofus in office, you know? So that's why, so when you move, like if Kathy Landing's in Mount Pleasant, then pay attention to those impact taxes, pay attention to those types of things, because the, the taxes that I pay in my business or would have, I'm not right now, obviously, but it will ver it, it's significantly less because I'm in North Charleston. Now our whole family picked up and moved from Charleston to uh, Somerville, North Charleston area. It's, it's near our church, it's near- Wow, wow. Um, and then I'll tell you real quick, I had one more question. I don't want to keep you, but, um, I lived in Maynard, Texas with my ex-husband, Austin. So when you mentioned you grew up there, I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, well, I was there born like there. I didn't grow up there. Just, oh, you did say that. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Just want to make sure there's a hundred percent truth. <laughs> oh, you're good. Yes. Um, education. Um, I wanted to bring up, you brought up sex trafficking and I'm just telling you the truth. I reached out to somebody, um, I'm like an hour from Jacksonville, Florida. And I mean, I did out my heart, you know, uh, you gotta be careful. You know, I'm learning who, you know, not you, but who to trust or who not, but whether if the story was true, there's somebody else out there with the story. I'm trying to figure out they're real, not no matter what it touched me, which is a positive God thing. And I reached out and basically they're like, you're on a waiting list. Like, do you know? And I mean, what's a good organization? And um, I'm a single mom, but like I said, I would like to volunteer or run away. I don't know. I, I figure I'd ask since you had a personal story and it would be great to hear, you know, like just to hear your story one day on a different night. I'm serious. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people think that um, trafficking is like the movies that you see. I can't remember the name. Was it, um, what's the name of that movie where that dad went after his daughter? Um, oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. There, that is, that does happen. But uh, there was a woman who came to speak at one of our local GOP meetings. And I was sitting there listening. And we had almost, I mean, it wasn't identical, but it was very similar. And so, you know, I had, my mom is in heaven and I was on my own and yeah. all of the resources that were supposed to be used to take care of me and the people that I was supposed to live with, all of that, the money was gone and the, I was isolated and cut off from all of them. And then all of a sudden I found I was placed with the, um, I wouldn't say foster care because I didn't go into a foster care home, but through the system and I was taken to a family member's. Through that, they took all the resources and drained them, put me in rags, and then I was a slave in the home and sexually assaulted the entire time. And um, it was it was horrible. And um, how can you? And I mean, this is a big question. I'm sure you can't answer to Elsim. How can we fix that? You know, that's my heart. You know, like it's horror. I'm um, the fostering because I want to do that one day. I mean. Can't well, fix the world, but I, you know, I have that's one of my goals, you know, to do it. And I guess saving one or two kids, but well, people, horrible. it's a huge industry. People get paid a lot of money 
to take on um, uh, kids. And one situation, a family lost all of their kids. They had several kids. Um, they were put into the system that the charges were false. And oh the gosh. people that took them on, they, they get paid um, a lot of money per child. And then it's, it's just, I didn't realize, like even over a decade later, I just thought, eh, you know, I had to run away and escape my situation. I, I ran away and escaped at 16. I feared, I told my school counselor, I said, if you send me back, I don't think you'll find me. I think I'll be gone um, or won't be alive. I was very concerned. I was scared. Now, would my those people have acted out? I don't know, but I had seen them behind closed doors and the violence, and that wasn't something. Um, I mean, they were well received. I mean, it was just crazy that all of the money that was supposed to be used to take care of me was used for their own um, lives, and they couldn't. They were not good with money, which some. I mean, we all go through. Like I, I've we've been through money things. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying they intentionally took everything. And I was wearing my aunt's maternity clothes. I was stuck in her dirty garments. Like, and that happens like, all the time, you know, like, does. and I know that like what you're saying, it's not a movie. I, I agree. Cause I, I work and I see so many, not like that necessarily, but even like just horrible situations, you know, with the so, false ring and so to answer your question, um, I have one of my dearest friends. She is an endorser, and she, um, but Christy Hutcherson with Women Fighting for America, WFFA.win. Um, I actually did a, a, a live with her today. Um, I'll come back to that at the end if, if there's time. Um, but um, that's someone, uh, almost every single person that comes across the border is sold into slavery. And South Carolina is ranked one of the top of the nation for trafficking. And you know, Florida is going to be up there too. And Georgia is oh, yeah. really high. And um, I have intel from people um, that work the border, federal marshals, um, just different agencies, and that people have been done security for me um, when I'm in these situations. Uh, and so. I will tell you that she's a great organization. She's right there. I think she's hey, in hey, Jacksonville. Hey, can you uh, post that or get it, Mike? The name? Um... Yeah. Um, Linz, if you just want to send that to me and I'll send it to Kelly. Yeah, definitely. Thank um, you. Now, that's more border stuff. Now, we have lots of nonprofits. Uh, I have a friend that has, she's the East Coast task manager for a, a trafficking thing. And then um, there's another woman who sat on the, um, board for President Trump for sex trafficking. Uh, I need to find out what the name of her organization is. She's a modern day Harriet Tubman. She's amazing. That's but I awesome. need to make sure that I can release her name and her organization. Yeah, because everybody has something that motivates them. And I was sitting one night like months ago, and I'll, I'll let it go after this. And I appreciate talking to you before I um, end this. But I will say, you know, I sat there months ago and said, what motivates me? Because everybody says, do something to help, you know, um, you can go to the school board, you could do whatever. And even though I work in, as a teacher, like I said, I don't know, I've got, that's just internally what I want to do, you know, to like volunteer. It doesn't have to be all the time, but maybe it's a little impact. I tell myself, well, it's bigger too, you know, just 
being there and helping some way. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Good luck. And um, I'm rooting for you. I thank mean, you. I mean, you're a great person. I, I love hearing your story and uh, God's with you. We, and we are too. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome, Kelly. Um, and that's right. Cause that little, that story of the little boy that kept going by the, the waters and he was grabbing a starfish and kept throwing a starfish in the water and the people would see him every morning. And, you know, one day they come up to him and they say, what are you doing? You, you're throwing a starfish in the water. And he says, every starfish that I throw in the water is a life that saves. So volunteering and, and helping these kids, I mean, uh, you're definitely doing God's mission. So that's beautiful of you, Kelly. Amen. And if anybody has a Thank you. question for Lynn's, um, if you have a question for her, if you press the middle button, your hand will be waved and we will be able to call on you and unmute your mic. All right, KDT, you're up. Katie, Community for Unity, your mic is unmuted. You can unmute your mic now and ask Lens a question. Hey, Lens, I just wanted to say it's been so great getting to know you tonight. Um, I followed you on Facebook and joined your Telegram group. I had a couple of questions. Um, mine was, you're running to replace Lindsay Mace. I mean, not Lindsay Mace. What's her name? Nancy Mace. I now want to call Nancy Mace. That changed a lot of times in my head. Nancy Mace. And so um, when she came out running, did you feel like she was someone that you supported and then she just disappointed along the way? Uh, so I... Uh... No, I, I was not crazy about her. Um, and we knew ahead of time that she was not going, that she was actually going to turn her back because um, I was uh, with, I was in DC at the end of December in until January 7th. Um, but during her run, I, uh, she had her debate with, um, Joe Cunningham, sorry, it took me a moment. I apologize. And I had seen her, her car had just been keyed and she was going to her debate. And I prayed for her right there. I was standing in the rain. There wasn't very many of us. And so, you know, um, human wise, you know, I pray for her. I pray for her every day. Um, but we knew ahead of time that she was going to turn her back because she told us um which was it was so disappointing um so number one um i was at i was speaking at the supreme court that's where it was on january 5th but i was staying in an airbnb with 13 12 others there's 13 of us in an airbnb and um we started i started out at the trump hotel with a couple of my friends and then we moved to the airbnb and one of my friends that was staying in another Airbnb uh, bumped into her at the grocery store in downtown DC and said, hey, we're all here to support you. And we're so excited that you are going to support President Trump and not turn your back on him. And she turned around and she said, I've spoken to a couple of constitutional attorneys and I am, I am not going to support him. 
And so she said at that moment, and this is one of my best friends, she told her, she said, well, you'll be a one-term Nancy. And so we knew the next day um, we had gotten word that they were going to um, not support Trump. There was initially um, enough support to send things back to the states, each state. Um, And then something happened where they all flipped. I don't know what that was. um, But at that point, it was, I mean, it was too late. I mean, it was just hours, right? There was nothing we could do. And then on January 6th, I was there. I didn't go to the Capitol building because God told me not to go to the Capitol building that day. And there was 13 of us, again, that were staying in an Airbnb together. So we walked everywhere. Most of us, most of the time we stayed together. And so we stood, we saw the buses coming in and out. We saw people changing out of MAGA gear into Blacks, um, Antifa gear. We saw them changing into MAGA gear from Antifa gear um, and BLM. And we saw um, before, like Trump's speech went on for a long time and we knew, we noticed it was dragging on. And then we noticed that people started to leave the crowd. So some of us, some of the crew were up there by Trump in the VIP section. And some of us, so we, we did get separate in that part, but some of us were back in the ellipse and we all met up afterwards um, after his speech was done. And we saw early in, you know, before his speech was done, that people were leaving, like all these people, and they started changing their clothes, which was really weird. We're like, what are they doing? And so then a great, huge group of us um, were leaving and we thought, well, we're not going to go to the Capitol. We had to go back to the JW Mary because one of a, one of our crew that met up with us later had a room there. And so we had let, some of us had left our stuff there. We need to use the bathroom, get water, all these things. So we, we were there for like 45 minutes and we said, well, how are we going to get back to our Airbnb? So we got like three different um, Ubers. We had to walk seven blocks and then it took us, it took us hours to get back. And by the time we got back, it was horrific. But when we were on the streets, everything was peaceful. Uh, Antifa did try, two Antifa members tried to attack several of us. Um, they gave up because there was more of us than them. Um and so I did a video recording on my old Facebook account. Um, I think it was my old one that I got deplatformed from. So I have a copy of that. And I told people what was really going on. And so I know that's a long-winded answer, but I just wanted to share with you my personal experience from that day. And we did expect for her to do that. And then we started seeing her just, we'd heard that she was going to be supporting a lot of the Democratic agendas. So. And, and we see that, so. Okay, well, thank if, you for the answer. I appreciate that. Yeah. If anybody has a question for Miss Loomis, if you press the middle button, we can unmute your mic. I'm wondering if I can jump back in real quick. This is Janet. Sure thing. Um, This is kind of spooky, but um, I have spent the last year wondering where my place is in this world and in this fight now, because like I said, uh, I'm a retired attorney and I'm dealing with a few personal pain issues. But once I get right, I'm ready to do something. And when I was practicing law, um, I represented 
parents in abuse and neglect court. So I'm extremely familiar with, um, you know, Department of Social Services and CPS, and I did it for years. And I also knew the people from Child Protective Services well because I had to work with them in order to help my parents get their children back. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I tried to be friendly with them, but of course fought as hard as I could in court. I watched these parents jump through hoop after hoop after hoop to get their children back. And I, I became to be so discouraged because of the way they would, they keep putting another hoop in front of them. And I got to the point where I thought, why won't they give these children back? When, when the parents have turned their lives around, gotten off drugs, um, gotten a house, whatever it was that they were supposed to do. And, you know, I never saw evidence of a child being, you know, like disappearing or um, I did hear stories about the child, children weren't being treated right. And, you know, there were lots of fights over placement, but there was never anything I could do about placement, those kinds of things. My hands were completely tied when it came to whatever CPS was doing. But, um, and, and I did write down the, uh, the website that you mentioned. It was WFFA.win. Is that what you said? Yes, and she deals with the, the border. Um, the trafficking with the border. She deals actually with a lot. Um, But what you're talking about, where they would have another hoop for them to jump through, it's all about money. And so just even that segment, what we learned was that um, because the the state and the the federal government, they they have money for the kids that are in the system. And then the, the foster parents also get paid money those children, if they're in the system, they have, which is, you know, good. They have access to medical benefits and they, um, they also in some state, I think it's in every state. I could be wrong. Um, I, but I know in at least um, a handful of states, they get a free college education. Uh, but um, that whole thing with the, them causing them to jump through hoops from that standpoint, that's where we learned that that's a form of trafficking because it it's a exchange of money. And I didn't understand this until years later when I was working with people speaking with different organizations, I didn't understand. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like it didn't, cause you just, you hear about things and, you know, things from the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, every, every decade is different, but the more and more that, um, you know, time passes, there's more pieces put together. And then I found out a lot of people think it's just kids going missing, but it's not just that. It's how our kids are groomed in the schools uh, to think a certain way uh, that pornography that is hosted. uh, I mean, I know in South Carolina, sex education is horrific. I mean, our parents are really fighting against this here. And that's that's grooming. That's a form of trafficking. And this is something that I've learned from those um, that are trained in this, whether they're mental health providers or they're 
um, law enforcement, uh, federal marshal, like all the different, I hear from all these different angles and I just didn't realize it's a very complex thing, but what you're talking about, that's, it's all about money. It's, it's not about it's some you're on your situation. It was about the child because your goal, it sounds like if I'm understanding correctly was to see those children to be restored. Um, and that's, that's supposed to be the job is to see families restored, but that's not what's happened. They've been destroyed. Exactly. Um, so what I'm really curious about is if there's some way I can find who I plan to talk to. Well, I'm, I'm doing this on the fly here. I'm thinking I'll talk to some local attorneys here because I've only lived in this area for about three years. Talk to some of the attorneys who do the same work that I was doing in my other county mm -hmm. and find out, find out what the CPS department in this area is like. Um, another, an additional question is, did you ever get the sense that maybe some of the actual employees might be getting rewards under the table or, cause these, these women that worked for that department, it was almost like they hated the parents I was representing. It, it just, the vehemence with which they would treat my clients was very upsetting in many cases. Yeah, I think there, there's there gotta be, some, I mean, I don't have personal proof of it, but I could see where there would be an incentive for that because what we're seeing um, at the border, for example, um, children, excuse me, I'm sorry. Let me step back here. Um, Catholic charities, uh, Lutheran charities, Methodist charities, are they receive grant money from the government they also receive you know people sew into them um catholic charities as you know uh has adoption services um they are humanitarian efforts they are um actually aiding and abetting um in the criminal trafficking my friend has seen the um, branding that is on them uh, the cartel put them to work but we've also seen video footage there is a veteran out in Arizona at the border that goes out into an area called Aravaca. And I was there. I actually saw this. They do what's called humanitarian drops where they put out food, water, and clothing. And the area that we were in, women and children do not travel through. The terrorists, the Middle Eastern terrorists, um, any terrorists normally come through this area. And if women do come through, it's very rare. Um, but they once they get on American soil, because it is desert and it's so hot, they will bring them water and they restock the water, gallons of water, uh, canned beans, socks, different things to help them to get them uh, to where they're going. Uh, they also do a lot of other things uh, and aid in bed in it. They help them get to um, locations uh, safely. They're, it's very corrupt, very, very corrupt. So while I don't have like definitive, this is definitely happening, we do see it um, with these different areas. And we also saw video footage, this veteran puts out videos and we saw the footage of other humanitarian efforts that drop this stuff. So we know that it's happening. Um, we know that the children that have come across the border are drugged. There's a video on my timeline and my friend's voice is actually in the background. And they drug, they drug these children with Dramamine and then they sell them. And we've seen a huge um, uptick 
in these children. You saw an article probably come across mainstream news where all these 5,000 children, there's actually significantly more. And so in, in the system, absolutely, somebody's getting something somewhere. I think some people are just wicked, but I, there is, there's something going on because um, there's no reason that this one particular family should still not have their children. Like, I've, I did some research on them to find out more about their story. They've literally been living in hell for several years without their children. And it was all just payback because somebody wanted to get even with them. Right, right. Well, if, if you know of any organization that helps teach people like me how you would um, – or it's anybody I could hook up with that that works on investigating and seeing if their local CPS is somehow corrupt and and what if anything I could do about it if I find out that that's going. I would just appreciate any information if there's somebody what, out there. What state are you in? North Carolina. Oh yeah, actually I do know somebody in North Carolina. Um, when we get done. Um, I don't know if you have a way message, but um, I don't. Are you on any other social media platforms? Uh, mostly just do Telegram. I gave up on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. No, that's fine. Um, I'll post my email in, the, in a um, in the ch channel chat, and then you can email me uh, your information if you feel comfortable doing that. Um, I have sure. That's over in North Carolina, and she should have she should have some connections over there. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. All right, Don Kruger, I did see your hands up, and uh, Community for Unity and Scott, I do see you, but Don, your mic is unmuted. And Don, if you're new to the chat, if you press that blue button, the middle button, it unmutes your oh, mic. Yes. Hi. Good evening. Um, my wife and I retired at the end of July. We moved to Buford. Yeah. And other than monetary contributions, is there anything we can do to help you in, in that area with your efforts? Yes. Thank you for asking and uh, welcome or I say welcome to retirement. I hope that you guys are able to um, enjoy that. And at, at some point, I know things are really rough right now, but uh, that's it. No, that's we actually, we're, we're loving it. It's, 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 okay. it's, it's, it's beautiful down there. Ah, oh, Beaufort, man, I love this district. Like God has really blessed this area. I love Beaufort. Yeah. Um, but yes, I always tell people time, talent, and treasure uh, there's, those are the three ways. And so time and talent is so powerful. So if there's something that you're really good at, uh, like I had someone walk up to me and say, Hey, I want to help with writing a policy. I'm really good at that. And I said, well, great. And they said, we really want to help with writing policy in this particular area. And I said, well, great. We, we want you, um, to whatever you're really passionate about, because mm -hmm. um, we don't want you doing something that you hate. Because not everybody <laughs> likes to do those things. Right. But also, um, if you're connected in your area, hosting um, a meet and greet, whether there's a there's a coffee shop over there that is uh, very conservative. And when um, 
another place dumped me the day before I was coming for a meet and greet. Yeah. Stepped up and took me in and we had a great meet and greet there with Professor Clements. So um, hosting meet and greets, uh, helping to get the word out. Um, we're going to start doing some more um, canvassing and then, you know, whatever you're good at and you want to help volunteer in those areas, that'd be awesome. We have, okay. we, we would love to have you guys on board. <laughs> Do you have a presence in Beaufort yet or are you pretty much concentrated up, uh, up in North Charles, North Charleston? Oh, no, no, no. This district is all the way up to Mount Pleasant, all the way down to Paris Island. So we are getting the word out. Yes. Okay. Very good. So best thing to do be check your website and see see what's there for uh, volunteer opportunities. Yeah. yeah. So you'll go on the website. It's a new website. So we're still working out some things, changing some things around. We had to expand uh, the, the server uh, platform. But if you'll go to, I think it's on the homepage at the bottom, it says support Lindsay and it has, oh, that's the pledge. I'm sorry. There's a way to volunteer. There's a, there's a volunteer button. Is, um, it, on, is it on Lynn's SC? Yeah. LynnsSC.com. Okay. There it is. You can either go to contact or you can go to um, the homepage and at the bottom, even if you don't put a pledge amount in, that's, that's not a big deal, but just fill out your email and all of that. And we'll get okay. you. I'll, re awesome. I'll respond. Very yeah. good. Thank All right. you. Thank you much. All right, Scott G, you're up. And then Community for Unity, you're right after. Well, both of your mics are unmuted. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Um, uh, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in Texas, and so there's a couple different things here that's going on um, uh, that I know as well as watching some footage about two state southern borders. Um, a few days ago, there was some cartel people driving on the Mexican side and, and over in Arizona. And there's a gentleman down there on the Texas side that on his own is um, watching a little area with other patriots uh, trying to help in that aspect. Um, uh, the National Guard is uh, helping with the trafficking itself by with red and green lights. So that's not good. Uh, no, the National, uh, I know. But, okay, on the Texas side, um, I think it's Kenny or Claney. There's, but uh, they're getting together with the sheriffs in, in Missouri, and they're, they're, they're going to build the, they're going to finish building the wall. Uh, so they got that going on. And, another, and then um, another thing I can throw a picture to uh, uh, conservative patriot uh, about the uh, make your um, city a sanctuary city for the unborn and, and there's a website on there and they help with all aspects of the city lawyers and such okay that's all that's awesome yes uh so there is a so when i was in arizona you're exactly right uh there, there's sheriffs um it just happened. It was a total God thing. It was crazy awesome. Uh, I was supposed to go home earlier and I ended up extending my trip. And I was invited to this, um, I guess it was, it was called a sheriff VIP event at someone's ranch on the border. And there was all of these sheriffs there from across the country. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Sheriff Scott Jenkins from uh, Virginia. He's been on the news, Sheriff Mark Daniels from. Um, 
uh, Arizona, uh, Sheriff Lamb, all of these amazing leaders. And we found out, you know, and my friend uh, Christy Hutcherson is actually working with them directly on some things. So she was talking about uh, some of that. We did learn um, there's more going on with the Border Patrol and National Guard with regard to the trafficking. Um, I don't know what the percentage is. There's several on the take, which means several that are working for the cartel. It typically happens down at the border. So they've had to think outside the box of how they're going to finish these, um, the wall or finish, how they're going to stop and prevent the trafficking and, uh, you know, the things that's happening at the border. So it's very useful information what you shared. And a lot of people don't know that because it's not publicized. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, and then sanctuary city. So our, our state passed the heartbeat bill. Recently, I saw what Texas passed. And so I am pro-life, no exceptions. Go ahead, Scott. I'll, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll say you're very welcome, ma'am. And a hat tip, uh, um, so, and most of those, most of these sanctuary cities, um, are, uh, in Texas, but there's a few like up in Missouri or something. I think there's like maybe 38 or something, but, uh, so that's just another aspect. And I think Mike Miller might be the guy, a ranch. I don't know, but yes, I, yes, that's the one I talked to him. Christy is working with him too. Um, you're exactly right. That's it. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. Mike Miller, thank you for saying that. All right, Community for Unity, you are up. Hello, Lens. Um, uh, my name is Tammy, and I'm with Community for Unity Louisiana. It's a, um, a charity organization that me and my sister run. And um, I have a couple questions for you, actually. Um, the first question would be um, is, um, when you're elected, what is the first thing you're going to do to the first thing you're going to tackle as a representative? Oh, I get to ask this question all the time. Um, so my first response is going to be, uh, I hope to have a new to do list because we have so much that we're working on right now. Uh, but the first thing I'm going to take a look at is the budget and the border. Um, I want to sit down with. Uh, there's some people that I have in mind. Um, but I want to strip everything back and cut back all the frivolous spending. And to be honest, I'm going to have to comb through the whole thing because there's, there's the stuff that money is being sent to that. I don't even know, like, we've got to do research on where it's going because it's, there's a lot of stuff that's getting sent to say overseas, but then it's finding itself back in people's pockets over here. So I want to find out. Um, what's going on, dissect that. Um, but also the borders, it's very important that we, um, I'm, I'm hoping we have the borders secured before then. We need to, and it's not going to happen with the administration, but we need to do something as we the people. So I usually turn this question not to deflect from it, but to say that there is going to be a new to-do list on when I'm sworn in that day. Um, but the budget's up there because our, we're, we're going to go bankrupt. I'm shocked that we haven't. We just keep printing off more money and we can't stay in this position. So 
um, that's something that's really important that we we take a hold of that very quickly and no compromising on it. I I know people want to work across the aisle, but I'm not going to work across the aisle with compromising our constitution. We we just can't have that. And so there's there's a number of things there, but right now we have so much that we have to do that yes, my eyes are on what I'm going to do that day, but if we don't take care of all of the fires that we have right now, we won't have I, I won't even have a day to swear in at that point, because if our nation continues to plummet the way that it is, which I don't believe it will, I'm not a Debbie Downer, um, then we have major problems. So my goal is to take care of this mess right now. And um, so my my answer may change um, if if things shift differently. Uh, but th- those are the two the two areas. Um, election, I hope, is solved by then. I hope that you know, we've we've taken the necessary steps um, on a state level, but also on a federal level at that point. Now, that might be a lofty goal, and I understand that. So understanding that the election is fixed and all of that by that point, if not, then that's also going to be something that I look at day one. I have another question. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Mike, I have two questions and one is when you say that you're going to break down basically the budget and see where the money is going who do you like do you have a plan for who's going to actually investigate that who's going to follow the money are you going to go follow the money are you going to trust an agency to go follow the money um researching it myself but we also um there are civilians that have stepped up um, in this circle. As you know, there's things that come out all the time when if, if you're looking at in the right areas as to what's going on. And so obviously I can't do all of the research myself, but there are people that I trust um, that are around me that aren't um, a part of an organization, but are researchers uh, that are actually in the journey with me right now. And we're exposing and finding out things and and doing these things that's why one of the things i'm working on a policy for um, tax reform um, working with other america first candidates on some things that if the gop (laughs) knew what was going on 90 percent of them would have um, probably a huge heart attack because we really want to strip things back to the constitution and I'm not an expert. I'm not an attorney. So I have to be able to find people. And there are people that I do trust that are around me. Um, I have, um, I guess you could call them advisors, but just wise counsel. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to trust, um, say, a lobbyist to tell me and, and to because they pay money. There's the, the first thing they say is when you get to D.C., you're going to be offered money. And if they, one of the people said, we know you'll turn it down, but then the next thing is they're going to, you know, try to do things to you at parties. And then if that's not enough, they're going to start threatening to harm you. And so, um, I, I really am skeptical to the point that even the people that are on my team, um, most of them are volunteers. Uh, we are working on hiring, uh, another, uh, main person for the team. And I've had to really be very skeptical because I don't trust people. Um, 
Linz, it's really good to hear that you are thinking about that support. And uh, I can kind of see a little bit of confidence and concern in your face uh, when it comes to talking about it. Uh, my sister started this question. She runs the Community for Unity Louisiana page. Her and I run that together. So sorry for interrupting her, but uh, I just had a follow up on that topic. No, I think she it's might she might have another question, but uh, I can tell you from experience, you know, it is it is hard to know who you can truly trust and what you tell people and, and things like that. And uh, being, you know, a strong and independent person and you're going to have to carry a lot of responsibility. It's good to see that you believe in God and that you have a relationship with him daily. That's so important. And, uh, you know, don't don't put that on the back burner just to make somebody else comfortable, especially when you're out speaking, you know, definitely uh, your faith is important and all the right people will follow you. Uh, all the right people that you need in your life will follow you and will always show them true selves to you. So best of luck with that. Thank you. And just to kind of, and thank you very much. Um, the other thing I want to say is that in this journey, God said that he was going to bring wise counsel around. So one of the people that is the wise counsel is the person. I don't know if you guys can see this. So you may, whoops. Nope. That's my email. You don't want to see my email. Here we go. Hope you guys can see this, but this is the website. Recently the website was done, but there's people that are behind this, that in, in different areas, different people I've been connected with that are constitutionalists. Um, and that's, and I can't tell every, everybody, everybody's names. Like I can't say these things, but these people don't care. Um, many of them are not getting paid, but they are, um, brilliant. Uh, they're very well researched and they're patriots. <laughs> they are. And that's what's happening in this hour. So I'm trying to be very careful cause I'm not going to expose anything, but oh yeah, I, I mean, I wish. I, I wish that it, it could be like I could wave a wand and I could research everything and do everything myself. But even down to people that are um, around, we, we had some infiltration with the campaign uh, at the, you know, different parts of it. And I've learned even more, even with other people that are jumping in the race, uh, just how grumpy people can be and the lies and the, just the things that, I mean, we've had death threats, all kinds of things, but just the, it's funny because someone who was in the in the race running against me was telling people that I didn't go to the border, which was kind of funny because <laughs> I've got, I mean, I'm just saying this as a, as a general thing. I, I'm thinking, that's crazy because, <laughs> I mean, there's video footage. So while I'm confident in, you know, I'm going to be very skeptical and have to vet people and I will be doing I have someone that does security, that provides security, and will be doing, um, I, I have people vetted. So there's there's a process. So I don't know what it's going to look like in office, like when, how all that works, but I know I'm going to have to vet my own people because I'm not going to trust the government. Like, what is it? Limited government. Kathy Landing says limited government is the best government. She uh, is running for mayor of Mount Pleasant. And, and so that's a long-winded answer, but I feel like... Um, People have to be vetted. I mean, you need to vet me. If you're in my district, you need to vet me. You need to look at my history. You need to ask questions, not just assume 
I mean, if this is enough for you to say, yeah, I want to support you, that's one thing. But um, there's some people running around that are <laughs> in different parts of the country that are just out for political gain and money. Um, so I think that was a great question, by the way. Thank you. Um, I Again, I know exactly what you mean about the scary part is when people tell lies about you, like someone saying you didn't go to the border, even though there's pictures and stuff, is that there's so many people, it's sad, that won't go and look for themselves. They'll just believe what they're told because they're speaking to that person or hearing from that person. You know, once people have a platform to speak on and they start gaining followers, you know, you can say things and you just will automatically have followers that go, oh, yeah, for sure. She's telling the truth. And that's a wrap, you know, and they're going to believe lies, lies that are told. So that's that's a very scary part of it all is having to prove that something did or didn't happen or, you know, it's easy to prove that you did do something, but it's a lot harder to disprove something that you didn't do that you're being accused of, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And luckily, um, this person just moved here, you know, a few months ago. So a lot of the people they know because, you know, I've been running for several months, but I was before I was running, I was fighting against mandates and I was, you know, involved in our in my community. So fighting for veterans and military and things. So um, people know and then um, they they can they, a lot of people now. I, I feel this is the case, and I could be wrong, but I know where we are, and I feel like this is that great awakening is that people can smell the repugnant, foul order, odor, excuse me, of of uh, fraud and of things that are false. Um, we're seeing that. At least I'm seeing that. And so, you know, and and then people come back and tell me and. They 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 say you know what we're gonna work even harder telling people about you or telling people about what what we're doing in this campaign because it's their campaign too. So when it's somebody says something bad, they're they're not just shooting themselves in the foot, but they're actually harming the very people because this is a people campaign, and that's what um, that's what I love is that this isn't about Lindsay. This is about we, the people. It's truly, we got to go back to our constitution. I understand that that's the foundation. Um, that's primary, but this is about our, our, it's about our people. It's about our, 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 I don't want my kids to grow up in communism. I, I don't want anyone's kids actually, not just my kids. I don't want anyone's kids to grow up in communism. The thought of that just grieves me. I, I mean, I might start crying a little bit about that. That really it floors me. So I know that these people that, you know, came up to me yesterday were sharing with me. And even today they said, you know, um, we, this is our campaign We're we're in this together. And that's when we know that um, it's striking a chord with people. So I think what you're saying is very powerful. And I also, you said community for unity and it says healing people and animals. Um, I saw the, the thing that came out about Dr. Fauci's um, animal testing on those dogs. And that was uh, horrible. Yeah. And I was just wondering um, if that's something that you guys are able to speak into um, in your area, maybe even on a national level, if that's something that you guys do. I know you're, it says you're in Louisiana, it looks like, but maybe that's something that 
um, if that's an area that you specialize in, maybe you could use that to speak out against that stuff. Um, so well, we yeah, it's helping, helping animals and people. Um, and then I'm sorry, let Tammy speak. Yeah, that has to do with our, um, current mission of helping all the hurricane Ida victims, because this, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this hurricane was bigger than Katrina, Zeta and Ida combined. A lot of Americans don't know that there's people here still homeless, suffering and FEMA is nowhere to be found. They're only offering people an SBA loan. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So since right after the hurricane, me and my sister both live here and we both were affected by the hurricane, but definitely not to the level that other people were. So we started taking Amazon wishlist donations and we have literally through other people's donations been able to donate thousands and thousands of dollars worth of goods like um, clothing and toys and air mattresses and fans because we were in extreme heat and like the lower lying parishes that were really hit didn't have power until September 29th. The hurricane was August 29th. So, uh, which leads me to my next question. Um, hang on one yes. second. I wrote it down. Um, <clears throat> what about um, the emergency insistence in your area? And is, is that something that you would have any responsibility over as a representative? And I was just wondering that because since FEMA doesn't seem to exist anymore, except for being the new nurses in the hospital, um, they're definitely not here. And I know that South Carolina gets the weather sometime. And like, is that something that you have any say so in? Well, so on a state level, from what I, I've seen, um, you know, we haven't had, and I'm so sorry that, you know, all of that has happened in your area. Thank you for um, stepping up and into that, into the thick of that. Thank you. And thank you for sharing um, what's going on and, and sharing that. So I just want to say that first. Second, um, a lot of times the emergency relief, the disaster, all of that, it starts out at, you know, the city level um, and then the, the state level. So a lot of that does, that does reflect at the, at the state level. I know that there are some areas federally um, where they get involved, but I know a lot of um, what we see, at least, and I'm not an expert in this, and so this is this is also a part of what we're looking at with policy, um, in in what we're writing, uh, is we see what what the state does. We saw what happened with COVID and how they, in my humble opinion, how they took a situation, not that COVID didn't exist. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. People didn't get ill, but how they manipulated it and turned it into um, a mess versus um, the situation you're in and, and the horrifying measure that all they can do is get a loan. So there's definitely needs to be checks and balances in that. And so there are things, there's language um, that I'm exploring and researching um, of some areas that I want to see that improved and any way that we can do that at a federal level um, that would help people to get back on their feet, but also to be sustainable, I'd, not to be fully dependable on um, on things and, and evaluating what's going on at the state level. I think there's been a major disconnect, obviously, with our federal leaders and our state leaders. It seems like they'll take on one um, narrative and they all roll with that instead of really 
um, evaluating what's going on. For example, all of the small businesses that have been um, harmed, and you were asking about South Carolina, um, with what happened last year. And, you know, when we had previous years of hurricane um, damage, things weren't handled the same way. This was like at such a heightened way and it didn't benefit the people and their their jobs because, you know, small businesses are the heartbeat of our economy. So um, there's a lot that needs to be improved. So that's something at, at a state level that I'm, I'm talking to the state leaders about. They do have a lot of things that they're doing at the state level, um, especially against to keep um, the tyranny that's been happening with how the federal, res or excuse me, the emergency response was abused. Whereas where you're at, um, it doesn't sound like there's enough um, help. So I think, I think I would like to stay in contact with you to find out because we're not always, I, th I think you guys get hit a lot harder. So, I mean, it sounds like Ida definitely was horrible, but I think normally during hurricane season, you guys have gotten hit a lot harder than we have. So I think we could learn from you and maybe there's some things that we could do. Um, we could bring back to our state and at the federal level that could benefit the nation as a whole. We would absolutely love to um, continue staying in contact with you. I do follow you. Um, yeah, it's it's really tragic um, what's happened, and um, it's the communities that are holding one another together. The there's a lower lying parish that we've been to multiple times. It's called Terrebonne Parish, and the fire chief and the local Baptist church have literally provided these people with everything, aside from our, you know, everything we could fit in the truck to bring down there multiple times, which. We have a big SUV, but it's not like 18 wheelers. Um, one week after the hurricane, their parish president requested 10,000 trailers for that parish and the neighboring parish of Lafouche. And they still have not gotten anything to date. I just think it's a really important thing to, um, you know, if you are in a state that, you know, frequently has disasters like this, it's a really important thing to bring up you know and to see mm -hmm. the suffering of these people firsthand and knowing that they're americans being treated this way it's it's just absolutely heartbreaking and when we're out and speaking to people we do actually bring up politics we just break it in a really easy way we say how do you feel about um the current you know how the government is handling this and we are we can talk to people very easily about that and um yeah None of them are fans of the current administration, I could tell you that. And it's not just um, people that you would think are Trump supporters. You know, a lot of people have changed their mind on that, too. And so um, and we did when we started this, we did a march for human trafficking awareness and had great speakers. So I really like that you're taking on all this uh, human trafficking at the border. I think that's amazing. And as far as the animal thing, I would love to speak out about it anytime because I personally don't think COVID exists at all. And um, it's horrible what they're doing to the animals. Um, we fed, uh, we worked with a local uh, person and we've uh, distributed over 3000 pounds of dog food and animal food, I'm sorry. So yeah, they're suffering too. But uh, thank you so much for listening and answering my questions. Um, I do enjoy following you. Um, 
come on more often and do the little video streams. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning how to do that. Um, <laughs> I've had a lot of help from this channel on how to do that. I did want to ask you a really quick question. Um, so I saw here locally, this is something that is just happening and you just, it just triggered as you were talking about what's going on there. Um, I wonder if you have seen this. So here locally in the Nextdoor um, app, we I saw that a local food bank. Now, I know that some churches will do food banks and they don't, they don't work with um, the, the government. They don't receive funds. They don't receive any of that stuff. They just, that's just what they do. Um, but some of them do. And so this local food bank, one of the people that goes and delivers the meals um, or not the meals, but the food and takes it to the different families uh, showed up to do that. And because these families did not want to release, they were, they were asking now um, specific questions about um, COVID, about uh, the jab, about all these different things. And now I don't know if it's normal practice for the government to ask those questions in order for people to receive those benefits, um, but they were not able to get food, uh, their, their food delivered to them, the bags of groceries uh, from the food bank because they would not answer those questions. And so now I, now, so I took this back to when I was for a blink of an eye, a single mom, not very long, um, literally not very long. Um, I found, I didn't even know the benefits that were available to me that I, if I could have done that, but the ones that I did find out about, I didn't qualify for. Um, but I had to answer, I had to answer certain questions like my income and things like that. Uh, but I didn't have to answer anything about vaccinations or about like my health history or anything like that. So are you seeing, I, I'm, I'm hearing that you said something about a church that a parish that's been helping. I think you said, are you seeing that they, that people are being denied uh, things because of their refusal to provide that information, which by the way, I'm just going to let everybody know I'm for medical freedom, but I personally am, except for um, abortion, I'm no, no exceptions there. Uh, I'm against the mandatory masks and jabs. I personally, our family, and I don't mind sharing this, we are not getting vaccinated and we will not be vaccinated and we don't wear masks. Um, one of the masks right. I wear, airplane is holy. It, it's a mesh. You can literally blow through it and you can feel your breath on the other side. Um, but um, that's it. So is that happening over where you're located? No, I do know that um, that people that are on government systems already, such as food stamp cards, um, they haven't been given anything extra, which is super unfortunate. Um, but as far as the church, no, no. I mean, me and my sister stood out in the line whenever they were feeding people for hours. We probably talked to 500 people. Nobody had a mask on. Nobody believes in vaccines. I mean, you're dealing with... Uh, you know, country people that live on a bayou in South Louisiana, they don't want nothing to do with that. And they, um, it's a, in that area, especially like compared to New Orleans or something, the, they're godly people. And this church pastor, we actually have a video of him on our page. You could see, we went in there and videoed his whole church is set up like a store. You can get diapers and snacks and 
you name it, it's in there. And um, they welcome anybody. And how he got do the donations was because he's an offshore fisherman by trade. And so he, I mean, I'm sorry, not an offshore fisherman, a commercial fisherman. And through that business, he knows a ton of people with businesses and stuff. And they've donated a lot. And then his dad is also a big wig in the oil industry. And he knows a ton of people and they donated a lot. So that's where they're getting their donations from. And they <laughs> welcome anybody. It doesn't matter where you stand politically on COVID, vaccinated or unvaccinated, what color you are, it doesn't matter. They welcome you with open arms and treat you like family. Oh, good. Well, I'm just curious that someone had sent that to me. And uh, personally, uh, I don't think it's anyone's right to, to determine, you know, if, if that is a situation. I don't think food distribution should be based on um, or medical choices. Um, I know some, like I know food stamps, things like that is based on income and things like that. That's different. Uh, but I was just curious because that just popped up in my head. So thanks for answering that question. I'll add to this. That's not happening that I'm aware of. It doesn't mean it, it isn't, but the government is not helping at all. So I don't know why anybody would get those questions. Um, so if that is happening in other places, that's unfortunate. And I will pray for all those people. Yeah, thank you. All right, now well, it looks like we're going up to two hours and uh, <laughs> I think you're probably a little tired. Um, so uh, if nobody has a question, a quick question, um, we can let Lynn get some sleep because I'm sure she's a very busy person. And I did want to say it was really awesome seeing you with the professor, which we're all fans of the professor. And uh, I, I know you're a patriot, and, and I know some of the names that you couldn't mention, but I can reassure that uh, Miss Loomis is surrounded around a lot of patriots that we can be comfortable that she's a patriot. Yeah, there, you know, I just, um, I had a friend that sent me a really powerful message to me today on Signal, and it really encouraged me because yesterday I was a little aggravated uh, I don't, I don't, I let my, my pastor says, be a duck, let things roll off your back, which is what we do. Um, so I just tell, I tell people just be a duck. <laughs> um, I know that sounds crazy, but you know, I think, um, these people, these amazing people, they're just like you and I, they, it just happens that, you know, you look at professor David Clements, uh, and his story and how he, he, he was, not in in the I don't want to say limelight, but where he is now, uh, and it was all because he counted the cost and he fought, just like we're all doing. And then that happened with um, Dr. Frank. I got to hear Dr. Frank was here last week. I don't know if y'all know him, but he's he's phenomenal. Uh, they both are. And Dr. Frank was showing stuff, and he talked about like how how he happened into this area. And then, you know, we all know, uh, we, we watched General Flynn and the complete um, tyranny and just outright crap that he went through. Um, so it just happens that they're at, you know, I guess you see what's going on in a more, I guess, more spotlight 
but I just want to encourage everyone that each one of you are just as capable of doing something like that. Because if you look at how they did it, it was just a simple choice to say, ah, I'm going to count the cost. I'm going to do this no matter what it, what it looks like. And all of you are here. You're all doing things. Otherwise, I don't know that you would be here. Um, but if you haven't decided and you think, oh, I could never be like one of them, like they're, they're heroes. They're amazing patriots. But so are you. So am I. So is each one of us. We all are an answer in this nation. And um, I believe that God is raising up um, a huge army right now. And I don't want you all to see what's going on in this nation and think that this is the best that God has to offer. The reality that we see in front of us is not God's reality. In my, my personal opinion, I think it's Satan's reality. You restore him to back, which he's not restored. I'm just saying, but if you restore him, he is an angel. He's not the opposite of God. He is in opposition to God. I heard that a long time ago from a pastor. And so um, Jesus said that he's given us all authority. Through him, we've been given all authority. So we need to take back our power. Um, we don't consent to being governed in tyranny. So one person can change a nation in a day. So I've, I've heard from so many of you, and I, I have people that um, aren't able to get out of the home right now. They might be homebound, um, but they're doing something. They're, they'll plug in and, and help with um, online research, things like that, that other people can get out. I have this woman that I met um, two months ago, and she's helping with the audit. And I mean, she's a force to be reckoned with. She has several kids. She's a, a patriot. And then we have um, another couple of gentlemen in that group uh, that have just started a little audit meeting in uh, a restaurant and it's exploded. And then you've got people who are doing um, like what these two sisters are doing. I mean, there's just every single one of you is a patriot and an answer. You're not less valuable than or less important because someone else might have um, more of a, a spotlight or less. We're all created equal and we all have a sol solution in this hour. So if you walk away from this from anything, I want you to know that you are a solution and don't believe that this is the best, that this is, that we're just going to be up. I think we're going to come into some greater shaking and I, I think we need it um, to a certain degree. I mean, some of us are like, we're awake. We don't, we're ready for all this to be over. We are, but I believe that um, we have a lot of exposure, but I think there's more. I mean, look at, I think, um, if it's okay if I just share this, I, did you guys see Alec Baldwin, the woman he shot? Yeah. Okay, you did. So her husband was a part of the, or is a part of the law firm of Sussman, who was a part of Hillary Clinton and the Clinton's um, legal team, and I think campaign uh, consulting. So, and I may have all some of that messed up. But I mean, what we have going on is big deal. And just three days prior to that, he had this post about um, what he thought about things. So I think um, God is dealing with things 
And we just need to partner with them. Hebrews 11 one says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when you plan to, let's say you're an architect and you're going to build something, it's in your mind, right? So it's in the unseen. And then you draw it out. Now it's on paper. Then you go, you hire people or whatever, get the material and you build it. And then it's a finished product in front, front of you. So now it's seen. But what did it take to get you there? It was your faith. And the substance of your faith is God. When we step into the substance, because he is our substance, then we can't go wrong. We might veer off a couple of times. We have to get back on track, get off from the distractions. But you guys are so important. So don't give up. Keep fighting the good fight. Amen to that. And I'll also send you the uh, video recording when we have the roundtable interview Q&A with Trisha Flanagan, which I'm going to be rescheduling her to come back on. She's working with um, Colonel Philip Wardron, which is part of that was part of uh, Cyber Ninja and the Red Red, uh, Red Hack team for the symposium, and he was at all the election fraud hearings. Um, they came up with a technology called Operation Eagle Eye, which the New Jersey citizens can be confident when they go vote in the primaries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely send that to you. I don't know. You may learn something to where you might want to connect with, um, Trisha Flanagan. Cause I think every state should adopt that operation Eagle Eye because like how she explained it, like it's so much short time. We're not going to be able to get rid of these machines. So developing a technology that is not going to allow these cheaters to, to get away with what they have got away with. To where I think it had to happen because God wanted us to see this. Mm-hmm. We were too complacent in life. We were distracted with sports and other things. And I think it's just amazing that we're all awake right now and we see it. So it's important that we support people like Lynn's Piper, Trish Flanagan, um, Jerome Bell, Sandy Smith, um, those little five, ten, twenty dollar, fifty, a hundred, if you can afford it for their campaigns, it keeps them honest. It keeps them away from big corporate companies coming to, to give them here, here's a blank check. What do you need? You know, and, and that's how, you know, in yesteryears, a lot of those people we thought were serving us, they serve those corporations. But like I said, I'm honored and I definitely need to have you come back. Um, I think KDT kind of set that one up, but uh, I definitely would love to have you back here. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. And um, I also want to give you guys a spin on something really quick and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I was approached by someone a while back about a pack and I didn't realize that people could do this. So this may not apply to anyone here, but this is something just to think about. And by the way, Trisha is amazing. I've um, been speaking with her uh, and I agree with you on that. So I'm going to actually going to follow up with her on some, some things after even this chat, I think it's, um, powerful, but, um, these packs, uh, there are individuals because there's limitations on how much you can give, uh, in primaries, runoffs and the general, I think the, um, the max a couple gives is 5,800 individuals, 2,900. And most of our donation, well, all of our donations are for this campaign are grassroots. Our first one was a dollar reoccurring every month. And it's, that's amazing. That speaks volumes. But anyways, um, 
PACs can also, there was a citizen that came and said, hey, um, multiple small businesses, some of them can be corporations, but they pool together their small business money and they they put together a lump sum to put into the pack, which then that stuff funds like education, um, probably like advertising and things like that. And so now what we're seeing um, in in some of these, I don't know how many races they're doing this. Now, this hasn't happened in my race yet, but I was approached about, well, how do you feel about this? It's still... Um, you know, grassroots, but it looks different. What if we redefine what PAC money looks like and it's small businesses coming together uh, to put in is whatever amount it is. And I said, well, that's really powerful. So if you are a business or you have a network of businesses in your area and you have a candidate um, that you want to support and let's say you can't give any more um, in that way, but you want to continue to help out financially, uh, something you can do is pull together other small businesses in that area and put together one. Uh, and you'll have to check the the regulations and all of that, but put together um, pack money together instead of having, you know, these other corrupted money market um, people flowing in. So that's just something for people to think about as well. Thank you for your time. Um, yeah. Everybody's pleased tonight. You're definitely a patriot. And uh, like I said, I'm just honored to have you, that God has connected us, that you're a part of this wall. You share information, documentation, because information, I mean, I've seen a quote from Thomas Jefferson, and I'm not going to quote it exactly how he said it, but he said, a people that is not informed will lead a society of ignorance. And that's why, like, I'm a full-time delivery driver, <laughs> but I do this because God hits me with downloads as I'm delivering. Like, I was helping out my cousin's Italian restaurant and people that was laid off of work because of this pandemic. And uh, so I was knocking out two birds at one stone. Um, hopefully the woke people don't criticize me for what I just said. <laughs> They're criticizing all those little terms. but God hit me with a download, like, because I was listening to Rush Limbaugh every day, and and may he rest in peace, because he was part of my growth and development as well. And I, I mean, I turned the sports station off with all that Black Lives Matter stuff, and I'm half black, and I'm Sicilian and Polish. I got rid of sports, and, and it was like, it was so crazy, because it was like the tentacles of Satan was released from my soul because they used sports controlled me mentally, physically, and emotionally. And so I turned the sports station off and I was listening to rush and God hit me with a download. And it was like seeing parlor go down, seeing how Facebook was controlling our, our thoughts, what we think and what we know. God told me, you know, and I asked him, I said, how can I get in this fight? I didn't ask anybody else. I asked him. And at the time I had a podcast and I was doing like Friday debates on things that was happening in the world. And my buddy that was making music in his basement, I was playing it on there. And he says, you got a podcast. He said, feed my people information. Boom. And then he gave me conservative patronation and I changed the name from the icy Mike show 
to conservative Patriot Nation. And then he led me to Facebook. Or no, sorry. Telegram, I think I'm getting tired too. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> and Facebook permanently banned my account because a, a post that we're going through now, it had Hitler's face on it, and they said I was sending sexual uh, content. I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. But I'm glad I'm not on it anyway from that technology. Yeah. And as I was on Telegram, I seen someone, you can go on live chat. And I'm like, oh, my God, because I see these podcasters, these so-called truthers that we're starting to learn that are infiltrators in this movement. I'm like, wow, it's a one way road because they're showing people and they're telling them their narrative and what they want them to hear. But if Lynn's Piper is on with um, such and such patriot, people are watching and they're typing on the, the YouTube comments but there's no response. And I'm like, dude, you know how powerful Telegram is? I mean, Lynn's Piper is on here talking with regular citizens, Sandy Smith, Trish Flanagan. I mean, we're bringing transparency. We're, we're taking away the, you vote for me and I don't have to talk to you or anything. I mean, and and this is very powerful. And and God, like I said, and I keep God alive with conservative Patriot Nation. He's the reason why I'm on this mission. So many family members, uh, friends, they're they're you know, it's a spiritual war, and they don't mean it, but they're trying to pull me away from what I'm doing. But I recognize it's a spiritual war, and they don't recognize symbolically what's happening with them and 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 they should be cheering what i'm doing they should be being a part of it they should be figuring out a solution of what they could do but they're allowing fear they're a lot and they weren't they weren't blessed to get on noah's ark and i call telegram noah's ark because this is the platform where we're not censored we're able to see what's going on in the world and we're aware of what's happening when people around us are living in a twilight zone and they have no clue because yeah. they have Facebook and the media and they don't understand that both of those entities are not giving them anything that what's really going on in the world. And I appreciate you so much. Oh yeah. I, I you know, you're exactly right. I really despise Facebook and my Instagram has like, and I'm not about followers, everyone, just so you know, but I, I am stumped. I have like 240 on there. And then um, Facebook um, is climbing, but I joined a bunch of um, local groups. And so every day I'm blasting the message because you can break the algorithms by the amount that people share because humanity always breaks that. But I love Telegram and I didn't have Twitter and then I got Twitter with the campaign and we had a, amazing patriots like yourself that went in there and just started sharing and I didn't do anything. They got me to over a thousand, um, what do you call it? Followers or something. And uh, they're people, I don't even know what their real name is, but they said, we endorse Lindsay and everyday patriots, just like you and I. and. They're helping spread the message and I didn't do anything. I'm not, I mean, I put content out, but I'm not, um, 
running ads or any, I can't even run ads on Facebook. They won't let me, it violates their standards. So I use this platform. I love this platform. Another platform that's really great. Uh, and I've met the founder through Zoom is uh, Clout Hub. And I did sign up for Trump's um, platform that's coming out, but I love Clout Hub as well. I haven't done anything on there except show up, share a post every day. And so let's say you and I connect on there. Um, I can't see how many followers you have and you can't see how many followers I have. So it eliminates that competition. But I think if you're friends, it, you might be able to. But I didn't do anything other than just share truth. And I went from in one week from like maybe 20 to 30 people and we're all, I think it's almost up to 600 and they don't see how many followers there are, but it's just, um, it's free speech as well. So that's why I love telegram because it, it removes that very, and you I think you can do meetings and things like that also on cloud hub. That's the other thing I like about it. I don't know how that operates. I haven't navigated through all that yet, but I love this and I think it's great and keep doing it. I've got to learn and master it for my channel. You know, anything that you need, any advice or anything, you know, just uh, let me know. I'm there for you. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. And um, this has been a lot of fun and I learned a lot. And I, um, I'm i going to put my email in your group or in your or channel, whatever you call it. And so if people want to email me, there's some that I, I was talking to on here. Um, so if you can. I want to work on some of that stuff. There is um, some people that need plugged into resources. I'll see what I can do. And then some that I would like to set up some appointments so I can figure out what we need to do, like on the the disaster um, funding and things like that. I think that's important that we, we work together. And everybody, go join Lynn's Piper Loomis's Telegram channel. And uh, she does go on the chat every once in a while. Yeah, um, and please be patient with me because one time I was talking and it was muted, um, but now I get it. <laughs> it's all good. I think there's a, do you know there's so many new people that's joining Telegram after that whole uh, blackout happened with Facebook and other places to where there's a lot of new people popping up. And I notice when I'm like, I call on someone to speak and then they don't say nothing. I'm like, well, if you're new, telegram or telegram just just press the middle button so it's all good i think we all were there at one point yeah i think it was, i was talking to my friend christy and i and you know it would be fun to go back to like ham radios wouldn't that be fun <laughs> i don't even know if i've ever done that. i don't know if you use that as a driver but um i think it would be fun to do stuff like that too yeah seriously like the walkie talkies and stuff yeah Anyway, I'm going off on a rabbit hole. But everyone have a good night. It was so good to be here. Thank you for having me. You as well. You have a good night, Lynn. You too. Thanks.